Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brothers Take podcast. I'm Chris. I'm joined once again by my brother, Eric. Hello. And we are back in the room this week to talk about a movie. Because that's right, we are a gaming podcast primarily, but from time to time we talk about music, we talk about TV shows, and we talk about movies. And in this week's episode, we are going to be giving our review first, our non-spoiler review, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to get into a full spoiler discussion of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Holy shit. It is a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. Only last week we were talking about the PlayStation Showcase, and one of the big highlights from that was the big showing of spider-man 2 coming later this Mm -hmm. year for the ps5 and now we've got a new spider-man movie too but (laughs) is it a good spider-man movie or has it missed the mark that's what we're going to be talking about and we'd love to hear from you guys too so if you watch this youtube jump down in the comments share your own thoughts on either our takes or your own take on the movie if you enjoyed this discussion, why not give us a thumbs up, hit subscribe, ring that notification bell for all future content. To those of you listening to us on audio platforms, you can also touch base on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Brothers Take again to give your take on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And just so you know, we are doing non-spoiler review first. So if you haven't seen it, it's okay. You can listen to that mm-hmm. part, and then we will give a fair spoiler warning, and then we'll get into the big discussion for those who have seen it and want to get into the nitty-gritty of why we liked what we liked, maybe why we disliked what we disliked, or whatever, okay? Um, But, without further ado, let's enter the Spider-Verse. That's the name of the movie. That's in the movie. <laughs> okay, so, I we promised non-spoiler thoughts first, Eric, on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I mean, what did you think of this movie? Was it, was it any good? Uh, I don't know, Chris, now. To be honest, um... I was kind of watching it, and by the end of it, I thought to myself, "I don't know now. I might, I might have to go see this movie again, like, like right now, um, <laughs> right this minute, right, right uh, this minute. I might have replay to replay but... immediately. Yeah, yeah, just so I can. I, I think I missed some things there. I don't know. <laughs> um, this, yes, I loved this movie mm. from like the start, <laughs> like." The music from, from opening credits from from when we we see it in a cinema called the Omniplex. The minute Omniplex came out, I was like, "This is the best thing ever." No, <laughs> but from the music, the music kicks in, and I was like, "Damn, this is this this guy Daniel Pemberton does the does the soundtrack to it." And I was like, "This is some this is some sick beat here." And then it goes into the it film actually opening, and I was looking at some of like the colorations. The color tones to like that they use for storytelling, and then the, the cinematography mixed then with the soundtrack, and I was like, and it just holds up throughout the whole movie. I was just like, wow, this is phenomenal. This is amazing. Yeah, I put I put out a tweet pretty soon after saying that it's, it's, yeah. it's a work of art. Yes, and it, it is. The movie is much like the. I think if you liked the first one, hmm. you're gonna like this one. Like it's right in that vein, but um, I would say, without getting into specifics, I would say there's a little less humor, and I yes. would now there's still lots of humor. Don't get me wrong; it's still uh, a very, very funny movie, and I laughed out loud plenty of times. Yeah, but I would say there's a little less humor than the first one, but that it is darker than the first movie. Um, and uh, we we all now know that this is part of a trilogy, right? There's a Spider Verse yep. trilogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, without getting into the specifics, you know, as people compare to classic trilogies and things like that, this is your Empire Strikes Back, I would say. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back or Dead Man's Chest or something. It's very just kind of ups the stakes, you know. It ups the character development, you know. It's just, this is Miles Morales' um, coming-of-age story. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. And more more so in the in the first one, it's about coming to terms with the change, and now yes. it's evolving that change, right? And being tested, being te- yeah, all the tests, being Nothing unbelievably tested. tested. Uh, but there's such interesting ideas here, and like the first movie is a, I would say a perfect movie, mm. in that you know it ties up everything it needs to tie up. It leaves it. Maybe a little bit open that we could do more of these, but if we don't, it's okay. You're not left like, oh, they never finished that series or something like that. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some fascinating details in the first movie 
that I paid no attention to that have now been expanded on in this one <laughs> to make it a much wider story. Yes. Which is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it's very clever, some of the things that they do here. Really clever. Really, yes. And they do, like, they're, like Chris said, there, there is a lot of humor. And I was sitting beside you, so I can confirm that he laughed out loud a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I'm not lying. <laughs> like, way more than some of the kids like I don't think the kids enjoy this movie as much as you did, Chris. <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah, the kids in the theater, maybe not. Oh, I don't know if um, like one thing I will say as well, it is quite um much like the first one, but in some cases in this one it's nearly faster paced. Um, not the overall storytelling. I think they kind of take their time with the storytelling, but mm. in some of the action sequences in that, it's moving really fast and. That could be maybe a little bit overwhelming for some people. I was like, what? Right, oh, yeah. Like, whoa, my, what? My eyes are getting just like blasted. Sensory overload of colors and styles and music and jokes and quips and it's all happening really fast. And what just happened? Um, but I just kind of enjoy the rhythm of it. Like, I yes. just think I just think it finds a really well, nice rhythm. Spider Man is a very fast moving character, so I thought that worked. I didn't mind that that much. To be honest, I wasn't like, because I think when we watched um, The Fellowship of the Ring in cinema, what was it like last month, two months ago? Oh, for the reshowing? Yeah, the reshowing of that. And I don't know if it was because I was just really tired watching this movie or where I was positioned or something in the screen, but I remember being like, oh my God, my eyes were. And it was, it was every time there was a fight scene. Oh. And they did this thing that a lot of movies do, which is like, okay, we're doing a fight scene. So we have to have like a million cuts all the time. So that it looks like everyone's being fast paced, and yeah, but I think this one for me personally was okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting like a sensory overload. Um, but no, I like I, I really enjoyed. I will admit, yes, with some of the fight scenes, you are a bit like I, I was a bit like, I don't know, I know what the outcome of what they did was there, but I don't know what they did to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's one of those things where it's like, oh, I, I, I feel like I need to rewatch this to pick up on every little thing that they're doing. And there's a lot. There's yes. even, I, I'd imagine you could pause. It, it, when, you, when this is out on Blu-ray, which was an instant day one buy for me, mm. um, I'd want to like pause the screen at times to look at everything in the background. There's loads right. going on in this movie. Right? Yes, there's, there's one bit where I remember... This this wouldn't be this wouldn't be a spoiler. It's a joke, like it's a little joke thing where uh, one of the characters I think was walking by, and through the window I was concentrating on this um, billboard sign, and for some stupid reason it took me way too long to get the joke. So right. it was this red billboard sign that had soda written in the same font as Coca Cola, and then yeah. it had underneath it generic brand. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have loads of jokes in the background while they then having jokes, and you can miss the them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they do. They've, they've. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie, which is makes rewatchability so much more fun. So you get to spot everything. Yeah. Um, all of the performances are excellent. Yes, I would absolutely. say. Mm. Uh, as soon as the film ended, I was like, if this film doesn't get an Oscar, like the first one got Oscar, I think for best animated movie when it came out. If this one also doesn't get it, I cannot imagine another animated movie this year being more. That's good stunning than this i just can't maybe no maybe something will surprise us i don't know there was that yeah. teenage mutant ninja turtle movies that look pretty cool and in a similar vein but there's True, just but I think so many blended has... art styles in this movie yeah because again this is across the spider-verse so we get to see different spider people mm-hmm. from the other like kind of universe and if you've seen the first one you'll notice that three of those spider people in the in the first one had different animation styles so in this one again there's different animation styles that all end up start blending into each other and yeah so if it doesn't doesn't get it it's just, it'd be nuts it'd be yeah. crazy um i don't this is not only i think one of the best i'm still undecided where where i would rank it right i haven't done like a proper ranking in my head this is but this is not only one of the best spider-man movies ever made period it is one of the best superhero movies. Mm. It's right up there. Yeah. Uh, it is fucking superb. 
And if you're on the fence about going to see it, I don't know what the marketing is like everywhere else. Here in Ireland, it's been very like under marketed. I feel I haven't like seen it. That's because we had that freaking up. But like when we went into the cinema, yeah, I yeah I didn't really see any posters for it. But there's this big giant billboard from like The Little Mermaid, and so like that's kind of the problem, I suppose. Is that thing is getting more advertisement, I suppose, than yeah. But then I've also heard that this uh, movie has had like a fucking unbelievably mar- large opening weekend so i think well, it's, it's a sequel I, to a well-loved no, but movie so what i'm saying is i think in the states it has been marketed to fuck i think just here it hasn't oh, yeah. so i'm just surprised that how little it has been marketed here mm. uh, at least from what i've noticed i'm not seeing it on buses on social media much for our side of things yeah um but like it's fucking incredible yeah it, it should be advertised now Probably is advertised more in America, but they have, like, again, big giant graphic billboards, like, everywhere. Yeah, so how cool would that look like in New York? You know, yeah. You know, it's Spider-Man. That... <laughs> they could do, like, a really cool thing where they sync up. A... They probably didn't, but if they did, this would be fantastic. They, like, sync uh, the billboards of Spider-Man swinging. Swinging across? So hey, a different be... billboard. Yeah, but then sick. it's, like, so it'd be, like, Miles swinging that then becomes Spider-Gwen swinging that then becomes Spider-Man swinging. Um, yeah, mm. that would that would have been cool. I don't know if they did that now, but that would have been an excellent idea. Yeah, um, be but yeah, no, there there wasn't there wasn't much here for advertisement, but it's a sequel to a well loved movie, so I think that kind of would have spoken for itself that people would have been up for seeing it, and like you said, it had a huge opening box office. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I would say as well. Um, for anyone who saw the first one and liked the whole. Um, you know, maybe you really liked that team of characters. You m- maybe you'll be a little bit disappointed in that mm. some of those characters have very little time in this movie. Some of those characters aren't really in this movie, and I, that's not really a spoiler. I mean, they're really not in it. So, <laughs> uh, just to be aware of that. Um, this is way more centered on Miles and Gwen. Yes. This is their movie. Mm-hmm. So it's way less about a group of people kind of bonding together and way more about the two of them figuring out their own shit. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'll say on that for the moment. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's a coming of age story. And these two were, they weren't the youngest, but they were the ones that were entering that stage. They were in that transition of, I know Gwen's a bit older, but still she's. But they're both teenagers, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm assuming so. Yeah, no, they are. They're definitely both teenagers. I know Miles was, but <laughs> I think he's fourteen in the first one, and she's fifteen in the first one. So she'd be like oh, okay, sixteen yeah. in this one, and he's fifteen in this one. So yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I think it is. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, in terms of just reviewing this movie. Um, God, Oscar Isaac, what a man! He's yeah, his, yeah, he's, he's great. great too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the performances, the performances were amazing there's even one character in it which is hilarious and then just grows into such a such a spectacular character as the movie goes on so yeah i would recommend this movie which is very surprising oh 100 mm-hmm. go see this go see this movie this yeah. movie is amazing um and i guarantee you you will be i'll be shocked if you're not hooked by the ending and that you're not just immediately like give me the next one I am so excited for the next movie. Uh, they they really build momentum in this movie. And because you know it's a trilogy now, they do a good job at setting up a, ne- a next one. But mm-hmm. So yes, go see the movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Fucking incredible. And that will be... That's our non-spoiler review. Take it from Moss. The brothers take. Go see it. But for those of you who have seen it, Please do stick around now because we're going to get into the spoiler section of this review to really talk about the things we really liked. And uh, and, and maybe we've been overwhelmingly positive, but maybe there are some little criticism or little things we don't like. So we might get the cons out of the way first. So to those of you who are maybe checking out at this point, and please do come back. Make sure you're subscribed or following The Brothers Take. But to those of you who are sticking around, let's talk spoilers. Okay. That's your final spoiler warning, everyone. Um, 
just to get it out of the way, we, I mean, we both seem to fucking love this movie. Let's, uh, have you any cons, any negatives, any things you didn't like, any scenes you didn't like? Yes. It fucking ends. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the longest animated movies, maybe. I, I did, I did minutes, think I, didn't I was, I did. No, there was a point where I went, boy, this, this is long. But I think it's because I assumed they were going to wrap up the story and not have it to be continued. So that's why yeah. I was like, they're putting a lot into this and now they're sort of making, again, we're in the spoiler talk. So they're now making that Miguel O'Hara played by Oscar Isaac. He's now the villain, but also spots still the villain. And who's the villain? And it's like, who are we wrapping up here? Are we going to wrap up both of these? Because if we're doing that, it's going to be a messy ending. Right. And then they introduced fucking evil Miles Morales at the end. And I was like, there's yeah. three villains. And then yeah. two be continued. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, the, la- the last time I had that feeling, <laughs> I was saying this to you, was um, with the the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Mm. And when Dead Man's Chest ended with them deciding they were going to go into the depths of hell and get Jack Sparrow back. And Barbosa walks down and bites that apple, and the music kicks up, and it just ends. Yeah. And you're like, no, keep going, you know? <laughs> and this was the same. The second it ended, and this is not a negative, this is like a huge hype in that ending. Uh, like the way <laughs> they're building up the momentum, I was just like, oh my God. And I think I had to look it up immediately. I think it is coming out next year. Oh, fuck it, thank God. I think they're working oh. on the two at the same time. Brilliant. As a, like okay. a two a two parter type thing, and I hope that's true. I cannot fucking wait for the next movie. Uh, but... They'll do that. They'll make the third one three parts. <laughs> yeah, they'll do the fast X out of it. <laughs> but to get some cons out of the way, there's a couple of scenes I I didn't care for more than anything else. One of them was, and I believe we both kind of said, I think that's a Venom reference, right? There's a lot of cameos in this movie, right? Right. Yeah. Some of them. And that's great, like you know, they're Easter eggs and stuff like that. And but they don't make a movie, right? They don't, you you know, when you're in the cinema and you get to do that, Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, whoa, 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 up, 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 up. I know that spectacular Spider-Man. Hey, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that is cool, but that's not what makes the movie great. The movie still has to be a good movie. So like, Spider-Man No Way Home, for example, which was like the live-action take on the whole multiverse thing. Mm. Um, like the first time you watch it, yeah, that's very exciting. But the next couple of times, those cameos don't get more exciting. So then you're just left with, well, how good is the movie? And if not for Willem Dafoe's performance in that movie and and then what he does to Tom Holland's character, um, mm. that movie is not great, you know? Yeah, that, it's that's, fine. That's the strength of that movie. Yeah. Um, so then in this one, you're like, yeah, there's fucking loads of cameos. And they're great the first time you see them, right? But it's the story on top of it is what is actually excellent. But some of the cameos I didn't care for. One of them was uh, the lady who works in the shop, the convenience store that I believe Venom goes to. I think it's his local. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird scene. It's just it's a weird scene. It goes on for a while and she just looks. No, I think that's her character, but she just doesn't look arse. She doesn't look bothered. She doesn't. Yeah, that is her character. Um, yeah. And it's sort of like. I feel like if you're going to do this. Really, his reaction should be like, you know, she's like, yeah, he's, I think, spot is saying, well, you're just not freaked out by this. And she's going to be not bothered. She could lazily point to the fucking right and spot looks and there's Venom because that's CGI. You can just CGI fucking Venom in. Sure. And then spot freaks out and goes away. Ha, that's hilarious. It could have been three, three to five seconds. Um, Yeah, so that that was something that was, if they didn't include that, I wouldn't have minded. Yeah, I would have left that out. That scene. There's another cameo that I didn't care for because I think that it it's it's a bit MCU-ish. It's a bit well, it is MCU actually, but it's it only works if you know the backstory behind it, and if you don't know the backstory behind it, it's just weird. And that is um, when um, Childish Gambino, <laughs> Donald Glover, yeah, in the movie, uh, you know, playing his character, the Prowler. Yeah, because of the little hint at that from Homecoming, and it leads back to back in the day when people wanted him to be Miles Morales, right for the MCU. And again, it's a scene where I'm just like, like, cool, sure, but 
How many he, people here have no idea what that even means? But that that's also another person that looked like he didn't want to be there. He yeah, did. it's well. Yeah. I mean, his character's in prison, so it makes sense. Right. But right. He, yeah. 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 Of course. He just he just kind of looked like he was sitting there, awkward, delivering lines. You know, there was no. I didn't feel any heart or soul from it, and it's the same. You know, so it's a bit like, right. So clearly, live action talking to animation is is not working here somehow. It's, yeah, they didn't quite nail like the Roger Rabbit thing, you know. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> nice to see him. It was nice because I was like, oh, that's that's good because they never did that story. They never had him as the Prowler. Now, the cameos and Easter eggs that did work. Fucking Lego were Lego Spider Man. Because <laughs> that's not you don't need to have seen anything. You just like based on the context of everything else in another dimension. There's a Spider Man who's Lego. Yeah, Yeah. And he has a quick scene, but and, a, but it plays into the story. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they have Jake J.K. Simmons does every version of J. Jonah Jameson, which is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. They had um, Spectacular Spider-Man show up. Yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man. Which is just if you haven't seen it, that's fine. It's just another Spider-Man. Mm. They had a uh, 1960s I... Spider-Man and 1960s <laughs> Doctor Octopus. Yeah. Uh, they had various versions of Mysterio. They had. Shots of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but done in a storytelling way. They were yeah putting a point home, and that point was and... wow. Yes, and well, they had wow. Tobey Maguire as well. They did, yeah. They had the Tobey Maguire one, and they made reference to Tom Holland. Yes, yeah. Tom Holland, Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. so yeah, they were dropping them all in, and that's in the scene when Miles is getting introduced to the Spider headquarters, which is where that's another thing. If you have the movie capable of pausing, you could probably pause every and look for frame the, and yeah. just see all the different references of all the different Spider-Man. It's fun as well having Spider-Man. the uh, PS5 Spider-Man in there. Not only <laughs> in there, like they meet him, but then at the, towards the beginning of the movie, uh, his roommate Ganky is playing the PlayStation 5 and he's playing <laughs> Spider-Man PS5 on it. It would have been weird though, right? Because in that version... Yeah. Peter Parker, right? Which means the game exists, which means everyone knows Peter Parker was Spider-Man, right? Sure. Right, which I think they find out anyway in the first one. But he recruits Miles Morales, who becomes Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they all don't know who, who he is, but yeah, that was, yeah. That was a nice reference. It's a, fun, it's a fun Easter egg. Yeah. Especially when you're into gaming and stuff, and you're like, up, 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 up. he's got the controller, <laughs> he's got the controller, because he's the controller first. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really fun. Um, but yeah, okay. So cameos, Easter eggs. Some of them work, some of them don't. But for the most part, they do work. They're pretty fun. Mm. And there's also just interesting takes on familiar characters. I, I thought the fucking weird Renaissance version of the Vulture was awesome. That was. So, I really wish we got to see Renaissance Spider-Man. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, because I, I love because again, he's like paper, and then every time he's like about to do something, it has these like Leonardo da Vinci notes coming off him. Kind yes. of very quickly explained there we go. I was like, oh, that's it's amazing. Oh, it's Chef's kiss of attention to detail there. Like, well, like the whole the movie is this and the first one. They're the closest thing to a comic book movie. Like they're moving comic books. Mm. Even the way like panels come down and the way they run and the thought speech bubbles come up and things. And, yeah. And plus the way they talk while they're in the action and stuff. Like if you ever read a comic, it is like that. And sometimes you have to go yeah. back and go, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> and reinterpret yeah. the drawing and. Um, so it's fair. Like they nail the energy of actual moving comic books, like. Mm. Um, yeah. and again well, having the various stylizations of comic books because at the start of the movie, you have Gwen Stacy giving her summary of her becoming Spider Woman and her her losing her friend Peter Parker and the effect that's had. That was amazing. Oh my god! That whole the intro. Sh- the whole intro. With the shifting color tones to express oh. the feel, like her hair will be blue to to express that she's being depressed, or when something really nice and lively happens, the background starts to get warmer in color. And then there was the moment, oh, it's, oh I was in front of tears. I was like, "This is so beautiful." Um, and this is only the opening. <laughs> this is only the opening. It, it's so she's she's gone to this art center. She's she's um, fighting Renaissance vulture. Uh, 2099 Spider-Man with pregnant Spider-Woman are introduced and they kind of help take her down, take out the vulture. 
and then she Gwen is like just after this whole kerfuffle, she's taking a moment to relax while her dad sneaks up to arrest Spider Woman because he blames Spider Woman for killing her friend Peter Parker. And then when she just reveals who she is, and then you have this moment of like the dark and the light, this like it's, wide angles. It's, yeah, that's... it's stunning. And then you're seeing the red and blue on on her dad, like this conflicting emotions, and just this the use of colors in just that sequence alone. I was like, this is this is the best movie this year. This is fucking amazing. There are so many scenes like that where you you wish you could just pause the screen and go, there's a screensaver right there. Like, mm, there's yeah. a wallpaper. There's a backdrop. There's something I'd hang on my wall. Like actual art. Because um, yeah. even the, I will come back to the Gwen Stacy opening in a mm. minute, but just on that point, like Miles and Gwen having their conversations sitting upside down on a tower and it changing to their perspective of the city upside down. Mm. as they're staring out at it in a way that only they as two teenagers can relate to each other is and the conversation that they have is yeah beautiful like it's just <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful like spider-man is such a great character um, yes and this proves that the bones and the essence of spider-man is great no matter who spider-man is do you know what I mean? Like the mm. message doesn't change. It doesn't have to be Peter Parker. No. To tell the Spider-Man story. What's pivotal to that character. But yeah, the whole Gwen Stacy opening. And Gwen Stacy is a character throughout this movie. Fantastic. Is awesome. Like she's she was always, she was great in the first one, but she really shines in this one. Like and mm. she's the other central character. Because the first one kind of focuses more on Miles and his mentor Peter. Mm-hmm. and their relationship and he's still in this movie but he's yeah. definitely taken a back seat yeah and she's in the front seat now and it's about their relationship this time uh but i love the because she does mention in the first one how she lost her best friend peter parker but just doesn't yeah. talk about it so you don't know how yeah and then eve just in this intro was like he was the lizard <laughs> and in fighting the lizard she accidentally killed her best friend yeah <laughs> and she's living with that guilt because you're like for the first thing you're like oh she has the guilt of not saving her best friend and then within fucking moments of this movie you're like no her guilt is she killed her best friend but she acted to save the innocent people in the prom and the but the wow. brilliant thing about that is you also get Peter's reason for being the lizard. Yeah. The dealing with just a very quick moment, but still dealing with the trauma of a teenager being bullied. Yeah. And yeah. Even if even if they have someone to stand up for them, it doesn't matter because they're still going to feel weak. And Didn't so he say turning... a line or something like, I just want it to be special or something like yeah. that? Yeah, something like that. Like, that's heartbreaking. It's, it's fucking stratic. <laughs> Speaking of characters who just want to be special, the spot. <laughs> I okay. I I mean, I saw the spot in the clip that they showed, right? The ATM clip. That right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we both said this ourselves. Like we assumed that the spot was going to be this introductory character. They'd taken a villain from the comics who. Fucking barely anyone knows. Not a famous mm. Spider-Man villain at all. Who does have an interesting ability and power. Yeah. And even in the beginning, he's so jokey and lame. And, like, it's clear that, you know, we're not taking this character seriously. No. Right? Even Spider-Man doesn't take him seriously. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's really funny. And But we'll see yeah. you. And I'll uh, we'll see who the ma- actual villain is. Uh, yeah. And in doing that, in going, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nobody has taken this guy seriously. Maybe you should. Maybe someone should actually listen to this guy. Because he's far more dangerous than you're giving him credit for. And he's hurt. And he's angry. And he's been pushed aside. And even though it's an animated character, and he does start off quite funny. Mm. What they do with the graphics around him is he gets more powerful. And he becomes fucking terrifying. (laughs) And is terrifying threat. And Miles realizes that, no, he is my arch enemy. But I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. It kind of reminded me of... Maybe this is a weird comparison, but it reminded me of Todd Phillips' Joker movie. Right. Okay, yeah, I see that. The character who is laughing one, yeah. at 
and pushing down and not listening to and it's like you really somebody should try and give this guy some help because you've just inadvertently you didn't mean to but you have created like the worst villain <laughs> yes because right because i saw that scene atm yes very funny the whole thing is treated as a joke even everything he's saying is like treated as a joke in fact they do this really clever thing with because even when i saw the clip the first time i was like i didn't catch much of what he was saying with how he was made yeah and even when i saw the movie then i was like i still didn't really catch how he was made but then he explains it then he really probably explains but they, they they're brushing over that on purpose to kind of demean this character yeah to to then reinforce you from speeder from spider-man's Miles morales's perspective which is this is just another yeah, it's, an, an, it's not a run of the mill bad guy it's just yeah, it's, oh look guy. he's trying to rob an atm and yeah you know, he even puts that out as like why do you say atm machine the M, M is already machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. But even like he goes in, he's making himself something to eat first. Like he's not taking this robbery seriously at no. all. The guy is even saying to the the shopkeeper, he's like, please let me rob you. Like yeah. he is pathetic mm. in the beginning. But and then he, he becomes, becomes a guard. Oh he becomes God. a god by the end of it. And the artwork around him gets so fucking creepy. Yeah, and then he and starts his speaking. Voice he's... changes, and he's like, "I'm gonna take everything from you." Yeah, but he also <laughs> speaks. I think at one point he speaks it in a "we." He says, "Like we will do something," or like we are, right. and it's like, "Holy crap!" So it's like it's not even just a concept of like he has just become barbar. I think he's like almost absorbing every version of Spot into this one entity. Right. Yeah. I think maybe I'm completely wrong there, but yeah, the artwork around him and what he becomes is like this is fucking Mass Effect Reaper style. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what is going like, on here? Genuinely scary. I think they did a masterful job at taking a villain that I was like, I really, at one point, then I was like, I hope this isn't the main villain. Right, yeah. To like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I now love this villain. <laughs> It's it's like Mr. Negative. You're like really Mr. Negative, and then from the yes. game, and then and then you're yeah. like this yeah. guy. It's it's just it's the writing. It's just yeah. the writing and the performance the and, the, and the development of these villains that is just fucking excelled. But also, like he he did have a comedic voice and comedic timing in the beginning. Like mm. he was treated as a joke. Yeah, and because of that, it made him more dangerous. <laughs> well, I suppose it's it's it almost mirrors. Gwen Stacy's Peter Parker being treated as a nobody to the point that he's forced to have to do something terrible for people yeah. to start listening. Yeah. So he had to go and he almost caused a, um, what is called a canon event in these movies. Yes. Which is super bloody important. And he almost, yeah, he almost causes it in a completely different universe. Yeah. He is so pivotal and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Because even when he told his backstory and the music got all dramatic and I was like, you threw a bagel at me! And it's like <laughs> stuff from the first movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, even that part is hilarious. Like I was yeah. laughing going, oh my god, like, this guy thinks he's important. It kind of reminded me as well of Lego Batman. You know, where Lego Joker is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. will you just admit that you're my arch enemy and we have a relationship? And Batman's like, no, no, I don't do relationships. So you're not important <laughs> to me. You're, you're just another run-of-the-mill bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's all about how he had to admit at the end, okay, yes, you are important to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that dynamic going on. Yeah. Um but yeah, the canon events thing. That was mind blown. That's Top where up. a lot of the references start to yeah. really shoot in. Because it's pivotal. Probably my favorite scene in the movie is mm -hmm. as Miguel is explaining that to Miles and the other Spider-Man slowly but walk surely in. walk in and surround him. The mm. music changes. The t like it was quite comedic and fun before that. The tone shifts and changes. I think from that point onwards, there are way less jokes. Yeah, the movie was, gets I think the, really fucking dark. Yeah, I think the jokes stop there. Like because there's, there's a couple, right? Like there's the the Scarlet Spider guy. I think by the way he talks, like when he goes into the alleyway and he's like, "I'm in the alleyway. There's movement on the walls and things like that." Like he's yeah, yeah. that's kind of funny. But or the, the, way that's less when, jokes. That's when the 1960s Spider-Man comes around. Right, yeah. It's like, really slow just moving past the screen. During the chase, there's a couple of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> during the chase, there's a couple of jokes, all right. But for the most part, the tone of the movie really changes. But I was 
flabbergasted by that <laughs> whole. That's just it's just nuts. It's just nuts. It's like it just canoned. The... He canoned everything way better than the Tom Holland No Way Home did. I think so. But they right the message. What's the the core message of Spider Man mm. in general is what with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Right. They they didn't say that. No. But they were basically saying that because mm. with knowledge comes power, mm. and with the knowledge of what these actions or how important the role of Spider Man is, and what these you know canon events are supposed to be and that if you mess with them you ruin the entire universe mm. and so you can't fuck with that mm. right and you're coming from a spider-man who is very dark and very broody and very broken because he knows firsthand what that's like he's done that yeah. Yeah. and he's created this society and you're like but why is he including all the spider-man and not miles because miles was never supposed to be spider-man in a way that makes so much sense because <laughs> A thing came from a different dimension, bit him, and created an anomaly. He's not supposed to exist. That's why in every other universe, there's no Miles Morales as Spider-Man. It's all variations of Peter Parker and the people around Peter Parker. Peter Parker never knew Miles. I was like, this is fucking mind-blowing. But what happens when the message with great power becomes great... Sorry. Ah! I messed that up. (laughs) What happens when the message... (laughs) When the message with great power comes great responsibility feels wrong mm. which is basically what miles was going through yeah where he's like i know what you're saying i hear what you're saying but this doesn't feel right i can't just let my dad die mm. spider-man wouldn't just knowingly let someone die And he knows then that the spot is going to do it. And oh my god, the momentum towards the end of this movie. And I'm like, wait, so is the next movie just going to be over the course of like that, the time that's running out? Could be. Like, wow! Racing against the clock, it's yes, because that as well. That. Right, so yeah, you have that moment, and they're, they're, Miguel is explaining it. Yeah, and he explains that he lost his family. So he did what everyone said Wanda should have done. In the multiverse of badness, and now this is essentially explaining why that's not a, why that doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Way better, I think, because Miguel loses his family, and so he decides to find a universe where his family lost their dad, so that he can be there for them. But he disrupts a canon event, causing that universe to implode upon itself. Yeah, well, so he does. He- he does what would have happened with Kingpin too, right? Like Kingpin wanted his family back, so he looked mm. for a reality with a different version yeah. of his family. And had that kept happening, that would have torn apart the universe. Yes. Yeah. So, brilliant thing, he then knows firsthand the destructive power of messing with the canon event. And then just when he's explaining it, and you have all the different variations of all the different spider people holding that person dear to them, and that's when you have those little moments of you see... Andrew Garfield Spider-Man holding his Gwen Stacy, and you have the the. Oh no, he was holding Captain. He was holding Captain Stacy. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was about the fact that a police captain who was close to you is supposed to die. Sorry, the other one was with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man with Ben. With Ben, right? With Ben Parker, and then they had when they were explaining that most of us wouldn't be here if we hadn't lost Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah. So and then yeah, the police captain that has to die and. Ah, that moment is just fucking mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Which ultimately means they are obviously getting at, and I think Gwen knows it. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, Gwen is destined to die too. Oh, shit. So Gwen... Gwen, Right? right. Well, that's what I got from the... um, She's sitting there with Miles. Yeah. And she says, in every other universe... Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy fall in love. And he puts his hand towards her. And she says, and in every other universe, it doesn't end well. And he takes his hand away. Right. He's not talking about, like, relationship-wise, is she? And earlier on, they're really, Miguel, they're really reluctant about letting her join. Hmm. Why are they so reluctant about letting her join? Is it that they're like, if she knows her fate, 
which she does at that point because she's after joining them. But if she knows her fate, will she try to change her fate? Mm. And they're like, we know she has to die. Oh, I didn't get I, that. I, 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 I thought I, that was more reference to, but okay. I think Ooh. come the third one, that's going to be the next twist dilemma thing. I think that if he can find a way to get around saving his dad or whatever, mm. I think that he will then realize Gwen is also destined to die. And maybe it'll come to a point where there's nothing he can do about it. I thought it was just supposed to be spider person was supposed to lose the one that they love. So she talks about in every universe, spider, Peter Parker and Gwen always love each other. Mm-hmm. They fall in love. And in every universe doesn't end well. So I think it's supposed to be the idea that if Peter Parker is Spider-Man, Gwen dies. If Gwen becomes Spider-Woman, Peter Parker dies. Maybe that's what she's thought, getting at. I just I, I, I thought maybe kind of there was more to it. Which is why in Earth 42, mm. they make the spider to make a Spider-Man because every universe has to have a Spider-Man. Otherwise, you see what happens. What a fucking <laughs> cool, like... Uh, so not only was the scene I thought it was so cool when he was saying so yeah okay he uses the machine to get home mm. right yeah. this particular it's, machine so, that's... it's so clever the way it's done that he was never supposed to be Spider-Man because that spider was never supposed to come there mm. Peter Parker was supposed to be Spider-Man and the universe tries to course correct because there can't be two Spider-Men mm. so they kill Peter Parker in the first movie yeah. so that Miles can now be Spider-Man but that spider then dies, and now there's no Spider-Man in the universe that there was supposed to be one. Yeah. So that becomes a crime-ridden fucking hellhole of a New York. Mm-hmm. Proper Hell's Kitchen shit. I wonder will we get a fucking Daredevil in the next one. Anyway. <laughs> That'd be so sick. But, uh... And then, when he tries to get home, it reads the spider DNA in him and sends mm. him to that universe. So when he gets there and talks to his mother... And I thought he was home. First of all, the rain and him in a race to get there, and Miguel O'Hara standing up with the red welcome sign behind. Oh my him. god, yeah, so <laughs> fucking cool. And uh, he's talking to his mom, and she's like, "Who's Spider Man?" And I thought the joke was—I thought they were playing on the whole like she doesn't pay attention to, it and Spider Man's not as famous as he thinks he is. Right. Okay. Even know who Spider Man is or hasn't paid attention or something like that. Um. But then realizes he's in the... And then Gwen is in his room. With, oh, my God. When you realize he's in the wrong universe. Yeah, I think I... I so, yeah, at first I was a bit like, what's, what's going on here? Why is she saying that? Like, mm-hmm. a little bit? Because, like, surely working, you know, please yeah, cat. Yeah, makes cat, sense. It was when he was saying, I then looked at them. And this is the beauty of the artisticness of this. I looked at the background. And I was like, that background is different to his universe. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not where he's supposed to be. I know, so good. <laughs> what a brilliant way of bringing his uncle back in. His uncle is a fucking criminal. Well, he was always a criminal. He was but always he's a criminal, worse. but he is uh, he is worse. Uh, he it seems like he's a bit of a boss, maybe. And his his nephew Miles Morales is the prowler. Yeah, fucking in that was, and he knew straight away looking at this Miles going, "You're not my Miles." Yeah. The who the fuck are you kind of thing. That was that was so that was such a creepy scene because when Aaron walks up and he just twists the 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 fucking punching bag that yeah. is that our miles is chains it and you see all the torture weapons on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Think, oh this is this is messed up. And even in that New York there's fire in the background, constant police it's, it's, sirens. It's... The mural is of his dad, rest in power. Yeah. Um like it's it's the kind of the hellish version of his world. Chicago, uh, be, Chicago, Gotham without Batman is what it became like. That's what Pretty that's much. that's what Manhattan becomes without Spider Man. It's it's so cool. I just want to see the next one. Like I just and, <laughs> and then even like I know it, it happens kind of quick, but Gwen saying she gets a band together of allies. That's where you get a yeah. quick shot of Spider Man Noir and Spider Ham, knowing that right, it unites the new Spider Man in this one. And the mm. Spider-Man from the first one all together like, for the last one, right? Like Pravatier, what the fuck is his name again? I can't, yeah, I, I, I couldn't pick it up properly because, I mean, they usually just call him Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But 
I looked it up after. Yeah, there, there, he is. All the variations of Spider-Man that they have exist in the comics. Oh, I, I kind of figured. I wasn't sure if at some point they were making up their own takes on them, but like he was fucking, he was cool. He was great. That was just a great sequence. Yeah, that's what started to really. That's that's when again it's as big. It's nice and jokey. It's so fun. He's there. Vatir is talking about the love tension between Gwen and Miles, and it's just great. Like he's just really romantic style Spider Man. Yeah, but by the end of that sequence, when the spot becomes the the god, essentially, like the the, the fucking universe ending. No, mm-hmm. not universe ending, because he he's gonna everything he does is going to be canon. He's not <laughs> he's not universe ending. He's like he pushes everything forward, but he's just this destructive godly being. Yeah, because they don't want to stop him from killing Miles' father. No. Because he's supposed to do it or something. Yeah. Now that, now that he's created, yeah, he's supposed to he's supposed to do that. Because now that, yeah, since Miles has been sort of officiated as, right, you're now the official spider in this world, so we've killed Peter Parker in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the universe thing. Then it's like, okay, so now he needs to be your villain okay perfect this is like this is what happens i'm yeah. wondering if um are you familiar with the character madam webb no i think if i remember correctly madam webb was this character who she was definitely in the comics but i i only know her from like the 90s spider-man cartoon okay. and i think she showed up and she was very much like a multiverse spider person sitting in a chair wise knew all this information stuff i'm wondering if she's going to be in the next one and miles is going to get a bit of an architect sequence that'd be cool yeah that'd be nice i think i I think that will be cool although i was actually just as i was talking about spot in that he is not a universe destroying person there is a sequence where it looks like he destroys not just not just kills um jefferson but um, destroys the entire city. So oh, in, in, that, in that kind of flash forward that Miles flash gets, for- the kind yeah, of flash- the, this is what I'm going to do to you. Yeah, and I love that moment of like, like the so duality thing. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and everything went like white and black, and yeah, it was fucking dim- like, he- and you just had the one shot, like it, it was, a, it was, it was like Schindler's List. Everything went black and white. It was all this chaotic drawn, but you just had this one child in like a red T-shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, just oh my god, <laughs> the artistry of this movie is this. It's easily the best movie I've seen this year. Yes, um, yeah, and I t- I actually think it's going to be hard to top. Like, there's a lot of movies I'm excited for this year, but I mean, you're gonna have to do a lot to top how good this film is. It's and yeah, I think one complaint people could have, I think people could come out feeling that sense of it was very inconclusive, right? Like someone right. might come out going. Like it didn't really, it didn't really end, you know. Okay. Now it, that only hyped me up. Like I was just like, "Fuck yes, when's the next one?" Like, yeah. we're in such a good spot. What a cliffhanger! That's the way I yeah. got it. But I could see someone going like, "Oh, like they set up so many things and they didn't wrap anything up." And fair enough, if that's how someone feels. True, but uh, fuck them. Uh, yeah, but, uh, no, no, just, no, 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 they, yeah, they have I the know. right to do, yeah. do like that. But there's but lots of movies like that. I mean, this is like, you know, like Dune Part 1 also ended with like... Oh, nothing was achieved. Nothing was, yeah, nothing was concluded, but it's like, okay, let's watch the next one. Now, I didn't have that same... Uh, with Dune, I was just very much... And I, I will go see Dune Part 2. I am looking forward yeah. to it. That trailer yeah. looked great and everything. Um, But it was very much a, cool, I'm looking forward to the next one. But I can wait. Yes. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. was, oh my god, play it right now. Like, let's... <laughs> Let's yeah, fucking well, go. It'd be the same thing as when people watched Empire Strikes Back. And it's like, what? Darth Vader is Luke's father? Han just got frozen with kryptonite taken away. What's going Car- on here? Ca- like, carbon, carbonite. Carbonite. What did I say? <laughs> you said kryptonite. It's okay. I messed up the Spider-Man quote earlier. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll... You brought Superman into this. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> or carbonite. My apologies. But yeah, he gets right. Like, yo, they just fail. And then, yes, yeah, dead man's chest. Right? And it's like... Jack Sparrow just got eaten by the Kraken, right? Which I remember some people telling me, right, around my age, no, no, Jack Sparrow killed that Kraken. And I was like, no, he didn't. He's like, oh, but he was going in with the sword. It's like, it's yeah, a no, fucking no. Kraken. And yeah. yeah, but then you had Barbosa coming down. You get the end of Matrix 2. That moment when Leo just absolutely passes out. And there's a guy who found another survivor, who it is, and they pan over 
to Smith. Agent Smith, yeah. Agent Smith in, in the Arid world. I was like, oh shit, he's on the same fucking yoke as that. And, they, and the machines are coming at all. I just want the next one. Yeah, so it does beautifully capture that sort of sequel moment where it's yeah. just like, play the next one. Well, this is why I said earlier on it is the the Empire Strikes Back, right? It is the mm. it's the middle part. It is the darker chapter. It's because and the thing that's dark about it is his allies are against him, mm. right? And it's it's that complicated thing of I don't know if Miles is right. Miles might be wrong. Yeah, and as of course he wants to save his father. He loves his father. He's not going to let his father die. But if that ruins the universe, he will have done a terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's like, like you can. Look, it's very easy to look at it and go, "Oh, Miguel is the bad guy," and it's like he's kind of scary and he's very, you know, sinister looking. But it's like, mm. I don't know. But is he the bad guy? Because what he's doing, maybe isn't a bad thing. But the way he's treating Miles, maybe isn't a good way of doing it. You know what I mean? And no, it's, but it's, he it's, he's he's very dictatory towards yeah, the but other he looks. Yes, he is, and he's a vampire as well, which usually doesn't bode well. I mean, usually it's like, you got a Spider-Man, but also he drinks blood. Like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I looked him up. Which... Apparently in the comics, yeah, he does have the ability to, he's like a, he's kind of like a vampire, but when he bites, it injects spider venom into people. Oh, that's, that's the ability he has. That's, that's, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's way worse. There are variations of Spider-Man that are not nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well, this guy is one of them. Uh, voiced brilliantly by, by Oscar Isaac in it, but even but I suppose he looks at Miles like I suppose an arachnophobe looking at a spider. You know what I mean? It, it's because he's an anomaly. He's not supposed to exist because he exists. Yep. The last Spider-Man that he hates him essentially. He does actually, yeah. He does. He's yeah. like, you're not, you're not only you're not supposed to exist, but as far as I'm concerned, you have basically been a walking time bomb this whole time. Mm. Like, you, you are going to ruin the universe if I don't do something about you. Yeah. And I, and I don't know what the script is for you because you weren't supposed to exist, and that freaks me out. Yeah. You know? I can't control you. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. he's really, really cool. So I talked because I went into this movie. I did know. I can't remember how I found it, but I knew that. Well, I think, was I, the think I think the marketing made it clear. I think it was very. I think from the marketing, the impression I always had was right. Spot is the jokey villain to kind of sh- just to show what Miles is doing yeah. in his everyday life, but this other Spider-Man is going to be the bad guy. But I wonder why. That was kind yes. of my thing because going. even when he's introduced, his music it's like, well, that's. That's the Prowler music. That's scary music right there. Like, yeah, it's very know. reminiscent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, no, it's like Spot becomes God. Uh, this Miguel O'Hara is like, he's a villain, but he's not a villain. It's like, it's it's kind of like, the, he's an almost like an anti-hero. It's like the Punisher. It's like, I, what you're doing is wrong. But also... Yeah, that pedophile, you know, probably deserves it. You know, like the Punisher is is a pretty rough guy. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit like he's sort of like an antihero, and then you have by the end of it, you have evil Miles Morales. And it's like, oh my god, it's yeah, tackling I... these three very different versions of a comic book villain: the evil version, the godly version, and then the antihero. Yeah, yeah. The the I suppose Red Hood actually be a closer thing for Miguel O'Hara. Yeah, sure. Or but even um in a modern Marvel movie kind of way. Like there was an aspect of him that reminded me of now. It's not as quite a large scale. Maybe there was an aspect of him that I thought was Thanos. Like, right. Yes. Doing a bad thing. Certain amount of people have to die to save so many more people. Mm. So he's like, I know I, I am a way I have access to the cannon. I know certain people who are going to die. And even though I'm Spider-Man, I'm going to let them die. I'm not going to let them die. I'm going to ensure other Spider-Men are in on it and make sure they don't save those people. Hmm. But they have to die because it's supposed to happen and I'm trying to like save destiny, basically. Hmm. And there's just something so disturbing about it. even mentor Peter Parker coming, talking to Miles, telling Miles how it's like, you're the reason I wanted a kid. Yeah, I want my kid to be just like you and stuff. And the whole time he is actually stalling in the hopes of bringing Miles in quietly. Hmm. 
And it's like, that's heartbreaking. Like, <laughs> all these people who are chasing him, and some of them, it's like, they're his friends, you know? In the first movie, all the Spider-Men worked together. Yeah. And this time, it's, you know, not that. And then, of course, that line that Gwen said, where she did, they send her back, because they see her as the fault of all this. Mm. And she says, we're supposed to be the good guys. It's like, oh. Oh, what a line. Yes. Yeah. This movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. What's the what's your favorite part of the movie or what was your favorite part of the movie? Favorite part of the movie. Uh right, two parts. Three parts actually. Right? The start. That was excellent. The entire the was the entire opening start. It's amazing. It, even her being part of the Mary Janes. Huh? Their band was called the Mary Janes. Oh, was it? I did catch that part. Yeah, that was like, written that on was her uh, drum. That's skin. very good. Um, <laughs> the the entire middle part was really good, and then the entire end, though those three parts were just. Amazing. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, in all seriousness, the start of the, the Gwen the Gwen bit was really good. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That, that's that's just when I was like, I love this movie. <laughs> so we're only five minutes in, and I love this movie. Spot becoming God. <laughs> just so good yeah. just expanded everything it was just amazing because uh, all the artwork and everything and just what he goes and I think the, the the moment of when he realizes he's in the wrong universe yeah those three moments I think were just I, yeah, they're all beautiful. excellent I'm right with you and also the, the scene where they explain the canon to him which I would call yeah. the, the turning point of the movie the um, kind of the bombshell, the mic drop moment. Of, right, yeah, this is why you're really here. Like we're not letting you join the club. We're actually, and he actually Maya says like, "What is this? An intervention?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it is. We're yeah. gonna hold you here. Let your father die. It's for your own good." Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, and and Miles is the kind of character and has been for the last two movies who doesn't you don't. He doesn't just accept things as they are. He's kind. Of, he's a little bit rebellious. He's like, I, I don't like the sound of that, so I'm going to do something about it. Mm. So it just it suits him that he, he, he'll rebel against all of the Spider-Men of the universe. Yeah, he actually is a bigger rebel than Hobie Brown, the Spider-Punk. Yeah, I do. I, I wasn't crazy about him at first, but I do like that he's not only is he like, I want no part of this because it's like I'm a punk rocker and this is so like I don't want to fall in line type thing. And then I also like that he sent his, um, you know, dimension bracelet thing, watch thing, to Gwen, with a note saying, "In case you change your mind." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of knowing that he was like, "Look at," he's like, "And look, yeah, maybe it'll ruin the universe or whatever, but it's punk rock, you know. <laughs> it's punk rock to break the rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to not go with the man, you know." So, yeah, no, he was a cool, he was a cool character. Yeah, for, when he got first introduced, I was like, eh, okay, I'm assuming he's just like introduce him and then he'll go off or something. But yeah, no, he played quite a quite a nice role because yeah, it doesn't really make sense for him to be a part of that organization. Yeah, so they, st- I like that they stuck to his character. They got mm. to when they all were going after him, he was like, nah, I'm out of here. Yeah, I want no part of this. That to me yeah. worked. Yeah. And also, I thought he was actually just going to be there so that Miles would have like a bit of tension about Gwen and stuff, you know, and mm. then trying to one up each other maybe. Right, yeah, yeah. So it was just gonna be that kind of that kind of comedy thing, but um it turned out not to be that. And I like that. I've I heard that. Yeah. I actually like what they did with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. But just before we finish up the episode, your hopes what would you like to see from the next one? What you said, Daredevil would be that'd be awesome. <laughs> wouldn't that? Wouldn't it be sick if? Because I don't know how he gets out of that. Apart from maybe the other Spider Men coming and saving him, but how, how fucking sick would it be if Daredevil popped in through the window, fought the Prowler, got him out of there, and was explaining how this city is, you know? And mm. he's like, "I gotta get back to my own dimension." He's like, "What are you talking about dimensions?" And st-? you know, now nah, who would you get? Be... Who would you get the voice? Who would you get the voice, Dared? And I would want a proper like. Like, cause this is a fucked up shitty. Yeah, that is so fucking cool. Actually, they need. Oh my god, I hope Daredevil's in the next one, because <laughs> it's like there's no Spider Man. 
So right, yeah. this fucking blind lawyer from the from Hell's Kitchen had to step up because there's nobody, and he's you know he's more brutal. He he doesn't have the abilities to save people in a nice safe way. Mm. He's just yeah, beating he, the fucking shit out of criminals. Yeah, because he is the roughest you can get without going to the Punisher. Yeah, like he's not mowing people down, but he's no, certainly no. hospitalizing them. You know? Yes, you ought to be cool. Ah. You ought to be cool, actually, right? This voiced by Peter Weller. No, just... <laughs> uh, yes, actually, that would be class. No, I was about to say, if in this really messed up version of Manhattan, Earth 42, mm. yeah. you do have the Daredevil, and he is blind, but not by acid, and he doesn't have like super sonar abilities. He's not a lawyer, because he's not Matt Murdock. He got blinded on the line of duty, and then he came back to his family being killed by some thugs who were breaking into his house. Okay, while so he was make away. Frank Castle the Punisher. Frank Castle or the Frank Punisher. Castle Daredevil. Daredevil and voiced by fucking your Peter man. Weller. No, one, well, yeah, Peter Weller actually would be pretty cool. Oh, you voiced by John Bernthal. Yeah. Do you know what's actually a shame? Well, I don't know if I like that idea, Eric. I think you keep them separate, but. I... <laughs> Uh, I hate everything you just said. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. I just I'm like Matt Murdock is such a cool character. Um, with Daredevil, isn't it such a shame though? Like, imagine if he wasn't. Again, he's probably not, right? Because this is no, no, no. obviously the other Spider Men are on their way to save Miles, and that's what's going to happen. Mm. But um, and we're going to Spider Man Noir against Evil Miles, maybe. But it's such a shame that we lost Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Because imagine if Kevin Conroy was the voice of Daredevil in the next Spider Verse movie. That would have that would be close. Cause <laughs> it's it's just it's their Batman, isn't it? Like you know I mean? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is uh, officially titled Beyond the Spider Verse. It is. What does that mean? Going, you know, they we went into it. He's got Miles has gone across it. Now going beyond it might suggest going. To the very outer rims of the universe. What? So maybe we are meeting Madame Webb. Yeah, possibly. Who will know the canon of all. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'd love to see Daredevil. I don't think that's going to happen. But I would also <laughs> love to see... I'd love to see how they're going to wrap this all up cleanly without some kind of... I, w- I don't want them to find a-, a cheat code out of it, right? I'm reminded of Infinity War and Endgame. Both, I think, are great movies, but I prefer Infinity War. And when they ended Infinity War, I was like, wow, what a movie, what a cliffhanger. What I'd-. And then I was left with, I don't know what they're going to do. Everyone's theory was time travels, how you fix it. And I was like, I hope they don't do that. I hope the writers find some other way of doing it because I feel like time travel is the easy way out, because we're all thinking it. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? And then it was time travel, right? And fair enough, and, and it is the easy way out. And they're now, as a result, they were able to kind of revisit the whole series and kind of give everyone a, tr- a trip back on over the last 10 years type thing. Mm. So I'm just hoping with this, with the corners that they've written themselves into, I hope they find a creative way of resolving things. And possibly not resolving things, possibly things not going well for people, but I just hope they don't find a quick cheat, a quick easy way out, because mm. the dilemma that they're in at the moment is juicy, is so juicy, and I uh, don't know, I don't know how you fix it. They've spun some beautiful silky webs right here. They really have. Um. So, any final thoughts uh, before we finish up? Yeah, bring in Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. If you I, you probably already finished it all, but please uh, just add Daredevil in. <laughs> just set him in. Like, this is fine. Just whatever you're done, just add him in all the time. Also, you need to add in Spooderman uh, or Spoderman, whatever he's called, the the internet meme version, because um, we were so happy myself and Eric to see Spectacular Spider-Man in there, yeah. as well as many other Spider-Man. Big fan of the Spectacular Spider-Man rage, and that series ended. So really fucking cool to actually see that version because i don't know if that's like the more popular version of spider-man but that show was amazing yeah i'm happy good. to see him so yeah you need to get spoderman in there uh you know maybe you need, he's do a few more cameos maybe, maybe he's, he's like madam the... web <laughs> no i would say he's like the gatekeeper to madam web <laughs> why you why you do this uncle ben um yeah i'd love to see him he has like a really 
dark, depressing, kind of like he's rejected by all the other Spider-Men just because of like, I don't know how he looks or how he talks or something. So kind of dealing with that aspect. <laughs> yeah. And only Madame Web. Okay, we're getting too far. But And I want to see, maybe he's in here, maybe he's in the background, I don't know. Or maybe they've been saving him, I don't know. I want to see 90s animated Spider-Man. He's probably in there, in the background. I'd be surprised if he isn't. Yeah, but if he is in there, I'd be surprised I didn't put more at the forefront. Yeah, that's why I'm a little bit like, I don't know if he's in there or not. But um, yeah, I'd love to see him. Man, because... man Spider. The man Spider. And bastard, bastard man. Hard <laughs> <laughs> face man. Okay, well, those are our thoughts on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Movie of the year so far. We'll see if anyone can top it later in the year. Um, and fucking stoked to jump back into uh, playing as Miles with Peter in Spider-Man 2 later in the year on the PS5 too. But now we'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys have been watching this on YouTube, jump down in the comments. Share your thoughts on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And what do you hope to see in beyond the Spider-Verse? Uh, how the hell are they going to fix all this? Uh, do let us know. If you enjoyed this, give us a thumbs up. Hit subscribe. Ring the notification bell for all future content. To those of you listeners on audio platforms, you can also touch base on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At the Brothers Take. Again, to give your take on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode. We'll be back to talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.